Welcome back to the Good Cheer Podcast with Ryan and Ice. I'm Ryan. And I'm Ice. All right. All right. So we went a little long on that last podcast. Yep. <laughs> so we're going to break it down into two-parter, and we're going to pick up where we left off, uh, which is, this is, you you named this, so this yeah. is part two this of- This is Stitch and Bitch part two. All right, here we go. Part two of Stitch and Bitch part two. <laughs> <laughs> And here we go. I lean more toward sing song. And they can uh, yeah. hear it and they can anticipate the melody. That's called a hook. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though, like, right. I think my favorite guitar players, all of them, like that I've played with, not like other, but like you or Ben or whoever, like, or Peter. All of you guys have the ability to play a bunch of notes, but I like the fact that you all play from a melodic place. Like I played in a band uh, with, well, it was, it was with Higby and Mark, the guitar player, talented dude, really, really good at what he does. And it worked out really well because there was a very nice yin and yang thing going on where he, but he also was capable of doing something similar, but he wasn't as quick off the cuff with like coming up with stuff. It was more like he had to work it up on the side type yeah, thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but he was really good at finger tapping. He's really good at like the eighties the rock stuff. Yeah. Um and he always was like, Man, I love how like your stuff like when you play, you got these soaring notes and it's um but yeah, I always would like lean towards like before I would, it's weird because I still do it today. If I'm working up like a particular solo or something, I'll 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 be really listening to the song like as a whole. I'll really listen to it as a complete thing. Yeah, and I'll just be playing enough of my instrument to not be playing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I'll play just enough <laughs> to where I'm playing. Yeah, yeah. I'm you not, not you, playing. You can't say I'm not playing. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it allows me to to listen like and think and and, and think about the 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 lyric that's happening or has happened or the the melody that's being created and then I will like think in my head or sing even like off microphone of course and whatever and I'll be singing a thing and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, and then that's where I go. I go to that thing on the guitar, da, yeah. da, da, da. and it's very, very much a, a, a mel a picked melody. Yeah. Um. I will say, like, I I was working with <clears throat> Billy, and I was kind of helping him understand that approach because <clears throat> it is that it's it's a different approach. Instead of playing what you know, play, play – my thing is don't play what you know. Play what you can sing. Play that. Yeah, don't just rely on like muscle memory or, oh, yeah, oh. this this scale or whatever is this pattern. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. So a lot of time, like the plateau we were talking about on previous podcast, uh, you get stuck in that because of the muscle memory and because of the repetition and because you're rehearsing these things – to make them better and easier for you to do so you can pull them off yeah, and land things live or whenever you need to, right? Right. The, you know what I call that? 
I call that like the headroom concept. Okay. Like, uh, like a car, like a, a, my, my, I mean any car, but like my car speedometer goes up to like 120 or 130, right? Mm-hmm. I don't ever drive at 120 miles an hour. I drive at like 70, right? But because the car is able to go that fast, if it had to, when it's driving at 70, it's really not working that hard. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So like you should you should always practice to be able to do more than what is required of you in like a normal musical setting because it's just going to make that other stuff easier and and sound and feel better like if if all your gig requires of you is like that kind of thing all night if that's if that is like the hardest thing you can do you're not going to be like very good at that you know what I mean? Right. Like, oh gosh, I can't do anything more than, uh, gah, uh, gah. like you're going to be at a hundred percent CPU usage the whole night just to do that. But if you can do a whole bunch of other stuff where you can fire all these micro muscles and, and all like, I'm speaking from a drummer, but it works for any, any instrument. Like you can do all these, like control the stick with these fingers and you can think mm. and hear all these different subdivisions. Like it's not just physical. It's also mental and, and like being able to hear things. If you can play way beyond, uh, bah, then playing that will be really, it'll be autopilot, but in a good way, because you know that like you're at 40%, you know? So if you have to kick it up to 60, you can really wow them with something That's and you're, true. and you're still not even at a hundred percent. Right. You've got so much, so much room to go. And I like, I hate people that just be that, that will just say things like, well, I don't, I mean, I, what's the point of learning that? Like, I'm never going to do that on a gig. It's like, yeah, that's not the point. Like I, I can, out of like the 40 rudiments for a drummer, like I use like five of them on a regular basis, but the other 35 of them all teach you things, whether it be musical or muscle related, like there's all these little nuances in like playing these sequence of notes and sticking patterns of like how to control the stick and the rebound and like just making sure that your dynamics are good between your accents and your taps and all those like little, like, like your quick twitch muscle fibers and things when that stuff is really dialed in, it gives you confidence that like, you know, the eat the quote unquote easy stuff. Like if mm-hmm. I'm just going to play ACDC songs all night, man, I, I'm going to have fun doing it because I'm not going to be thinking about, Oh man, how, how do I play this? And Oh, this is really t-. like, right. because, because the things I do in my practice room are way beyond that. It's not, it's sh- practicing. Shouldn't always be about, just whatever you have to, whatever's required on your gig. Cause if all, if all I ever did was practice the same 20 David nail songs over again, I might be really good at those songs, but I'd be a shitty ass drummer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like what, what would I do if I was put into a situation where I had to like come up with a part to like develop a part of my own? Well, I, I don't know. This isn't a song. I know I only know these 20 songs. <clears throat> 
Or if I huh. had to play some weird pattern on the hi-hat or the ride cymbal, well, I, I've never done that because it's not in these 20 songs. Like, that, 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 that kind of shit pisses me off sometimes. And I, I know I've said before on here that I'm not a good practicer, and I'm not. But when I do practice, like, I like to work on things that I can't do and things that may not necessarily have an obvious benefit but but in the long run, they, anything you can do to make yourself a better drummer makes you a better drummer. Yeah. <laughs> or right. a better, better musician, you know? like No, that's – you're right, man. I, it's interesting how you were ta- – you said, uh, you know, practicing for the, the gig and strictly for the gig. I think – I th- you know what? I never thought of that particular thing because I always overextend. Like I – that's just – if I'm working on songs for someone – I'm obviously learning the song. I'm yeah, learning yeah. The, the flow, the sections, and the idea of what the song and the essence of the song. But then I will try something rather difficult, and it may not have anything to do with that song in particular, but it's yeah. just something where I want to be able to pull this thing off just because I should be able to. If another human can do it, then I should be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's interesting because I think a lot of guys actually do that. They just practice for the for the song, and I mean, that's that would make sense why they are not great at improvising. Yeah, and it's just, it, but it also is just a thing of like you know you can hear somebody play, you can hear two drummers play the same song, but if drummer A is working so hard, and drummer B is like, oh, this is easy. Not in the sense of like, this is easy because it's stupid, but this is easy so I can focus on the things about it that are important, like making it feel good and my internal dynamics and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, who do you think you're going to want to listen to more? You know, if drummer yeah. A is like playing real stiff and like his hi-hat is like chunky and, and like the dynamics between his hi-hat, kick drum and center drum are all the same. They're just kind of coming at you and it's like painful and it's like, but if drummer two is playing the same thing, but like he's placing his backbeat maybe a little behind and he's really digging into the kick drum and he's like, he feathers the hi-hat on some notes and it gives it this like lope. That's Mm -hmm. way more pleasing to listen to. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm just thinking like when I go down on Broadway, sometimes there are drummers, like you can hear a drummer playing, What's a stupid ass song? Fishing in the dark. You can hear a drummer play Fishing in the Dark and you can make a judgment on how, like, if this drummer is actually good or not, on how they play a song like that. Yeah. Not a simple song. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there have definitely been nights where I've played it like a moron because, like, if you're on your third shift of yeah. a triple yeah. and you've already played this song two other times and you're just having fun at one o'clock in the morning, right. then yeah. But like in general, like if a drummer's really like digging into that, I mean, it's just a simple four on the floor groove and you're really digging and you're owning every note and you're making every note mean something versus someone who's like just struggling to like, Oh my God, I don't, song. I hope this song doesn't fall apart. Right. You know, that's like, true. And I don't even mean like, oh, I can tell that drummer's better. He's got more chops. But just, I can tell that drummer's better, like, musically. 
You know, they are they are inside the tune. No matter how there's a stupid fucking Morgan Wallen song or something that I just fucking hate that I don't care about, like you can still tell like that drummer is listening to everybody else. He's making adjustments on the fly to make sure that the groove keeps uh percolating and like Yeah. You know, right. it, it's like instead of someone who's just like, I'm going to turn my click on and go like this, and I hope everyone else is listening to me, you know, like, I mean, there yeah, are, that, there, sometimes there's gigs you got to do that, but, sure. but right. put your head down and, and, and keep going forward. Yeah. That was something I was expressing to Bill as well as, you know, it's not, it's not just about playing the song. It's about playing the song because let's face it, man, most of all the musicians that are in this area, at least are very hip or very into like the record kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I'm just not that guy. I'm not that guitar player. And, uh, my thing is, Yes, understand the song, like get the song, like <clears throat> it's that whole deal, kind of what you were saying about the practicing thing. Like, don't just hear the song and 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 then memorize things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hear the song, listen to the song, understand what the artist and the producer and the other guys that cut it meant to do. Right. Right. Because if, if you're just playing it by the record and you're playing what these other guys are playing, I mean, there's, there's skill in it for sure. Yeah, of course. But I think a, a, a good musician can hear what the other guy did and do it the same way, but differently. Yeah, you're 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 understanding the concept, right? You are you are learning the concept. You don't n- not necessarily learning like you're learning the part, but you're not just learning the part to learn the part. You're learning the part to get inside the song. Like obviously, there's certain things in a song. There's like a keyboard or a guitar hook in the turnaround. That is like a signature thing. Yeah, you should learn that. Or like a like a like a signature fill going in, like coming out of the bridge or something. Yeah, then I better learn that note for note. But like, right. <clears throat> it's funny. I just had a conversation this morning with another drummer buddy of mine who was complaining about a certain bass player he plays with downtown. Like, and how that bass player is like, hey, that's not the pattern. That's not the pattern. And he's like, I understand, and I'm sorry that I don't know the pattern, but like. This basically saying, stating that like this bass player can't do anything outside of what he's memorized from the records. So like, like just that feeling of no one's listening to each other. They're all just playing what they're quote unquote supposed to be playing. Right. That that doesn't work. And, And I mean, yeah, like you said, there are definitely gigs where the artist is going to be like, listen, I want you to learn the parts on the record. 
That's yeah. what I want you to play. And that's fine. That's its own skill. Like Ben, is. ben does a lot of those black jacket symphony gigs and they're like a big uh, cover band kind of here, like down in the Southern region. And what they uh-huh. do is they'll pick like a certain record from an artist and they learn it like note for note, tone for tone. And the first set will be that entire record top to bottom. And then the second set will be the other hits from like that band, hmm. but they learn them all like note for note. And Ben has said like, it's made, he's like, it's made me a better guitar player. Cause I'm really digging in to those players and like getting inside their head. Right. And he's like, and it's really cool to really dissect like a solo note for note, exactly how they played it or whatever. Uh, so I think there's value in that, but like, he's also an example of someone who he, doesn't only that's not the only thing he can do right he has his own voice on the instrument i think by getting into all those other players it's probably helped make his voice even stronger you know Mm -hmm. i think i think that's that should be the ultimate goal from anyone is like you never want to try and sound just like one player i mean no one can really do that anyway there you can get pretty close but like what's really fun is like, like I'm influenced by like these seven players. How, what do I take from each one to make my voice? You know, like mm-hmm. maybe this one thing I do sounds like <clears throat> this guy, but like this, I really like the thing that this guy does and, or how he makes this feel, mm-hmm. you know, that's like the thing I like about David is he's never once really told us got to play the part exactly like the record. And I, the fun thing for me is he's had a lot of great drummers on his records. Like his first record is all, I think it's near Z and maybe Fred Eltringham. I think those two guys are on the first two records. Then the third record is Chris McHugh and Matt Chamberlain. Oh, wow. And then the fourth major record that he did is I think just mostly McHugh. But like those four players couldn't be any different from each other. Right. So the fun thing that I like is like, how do I make a, my gear work for this like in different uh, time periods, mm-hmm. you know, and all these different drummers are playing different stuff. So how do I find one thing where I'm not switching out a bunch of stuff, every song that covers that, all that. And how, how do I play like me? but also sound like these other guys on these, you know, cause I'm never going to sound like five different drummers. Right. But I can, I can only play the songs like me, but I take certain things that each one of those guys does. Mm-hmm. And that kind of shapes my approach. And sure. then the really cool thing is like getting to record with him. Then on the last two EPs, I can hear some things that I've taken from like when we, when we were working on this song called raising you I was like, man, I wonder, like, how would McHugh play this? So that's kind of where I started my approach. But by the end, I was like, ah, I bet you, like, Matt Chamberlain or Fred Eltringham would probably do, maybe do something like this. So then it kind of became like, oh, well, that's my voice on that track. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because I've been so influenced by those guys the last eight years without really thinking about it. Right. Oh man, it's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the other 
one of the other things was like <clears throat> I switched Bill over to a Helix, right? And so oh, yeah. got him away from an amplifier. And so uh, he really likes my tone on my on my Helix and my stuff. Um but and I would have to say my tone is very modern. Like it's okay. it's it's today's type of guitar. But 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 it's not fixed, right? Yeah. I can easily maneuver around for whatever the song kind of needs. If it needs to be jingly jangly, no no compression and very much straight from an amplifier, I know how to approach my instrument to make that sound right. Yeah. If it needs to be more of a compressed chicken picking thing, I know how to approach my instrument to make it work on that signal chain. Yeah. Needs to be more rock and roll blues. I know how to approach my instrument. You know, it's just varying, right? And one of the things, like there's a few things that people say that really get under my skin. (laughs) There's a few things. Okay. Like immediately I have – if if somebody says this in a in 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 proper context in a conversation, I it takes everything for me not to just walk away because I immediately am turned off by whoever just said it, and I have don't really have any use to to listen to any more words coming out of their mouth. <clears throat> One is now sometimes this is a, <laughs> sometimes this is appropriate in particular situations, but. If they call now, if they call me or someone else that does not deserve this particular title, which, and I've been, I've been, somebody said, yeah, Ryan, he, he, he's a sound man. I'm not a sound man. Okay. Like, that's a guy that has like a 1965 Soundcraft board that's a channel. <laughs> Right, right. Or a powered head with, you know, eight band EQ and he fiddles around. You got one of them powered PV boards? <laughs> yeah. And a couple SB2s and yeah, yeah. can plug a radio into it. Like, okay, that's a sound man. Yeah. Like, you guys had a sound man on this run, right? That's, that was I mean, a sound man. It's kind of how it felt. That, that's a sound man. Okay. That's first. I... It just irks me. Like, yeah. no, I'm an engineer because I have a much deeper understanding right. of how the signal chain is and how it works and functions. And, and, and I can come up with out-of-the-box ways of wiring things right. because I right. understand this stuff because I can engineer it. Right. Okay. That's one. Okay. The second one <laughs> is <laughs> this one I really don't like. I can't wait. Higby Higby did this a few times and I asked him to stop. <laughs> but he would introduce Mark on guitar. Okay. And he would and and a lot of people do this. You probably hear this a lot. 
<clears throat> over here on lead guitar. <laughs> and and my uh, my my reply has always been this. What is that? Right, right. What is a lead guitar? Well, is I that think different he's, he's, than an electric guitar? I think he's mispronouncing it. It's lead guitar. It's like, <laughs> I go to the, I, so when I go to the store to get one of them, do I ask them for a lead? I, I'm looking for a lead guitar. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh God, that pisses me off. It's like, I do not like being called a lead guitar player. Number one, it's lead guitar the idea, okay. <laughs> what is the idea of a lead guitar? Where did that even come? Lead guitar, well, they play the leads. Well, what's a lead? I mean, I get it. It's a solo. Yeah. It's the guy that plays the melodies. It's it's not the rhythm guitar player. Correct. Yeah. But I take almost more pride in my ability to play good, effective rhythm or textural as you should <laughs> parts and components to songs than I do playing solos yeah. solos yeah not leads right right solos yeah and the other thing is Mark is as much he's actually more and I the same yeah more of a rhythm guitar player on an electric guitar than I am a solo guitar player on an electric guitar right so is Peter so yeah. it's Ben. Yeah. We play well, way more rhythm. Of course. But we're not rhythm guitar players, but we are electric guitar players. Right. On electric guitar. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. On electric guitar. On bass guitar. Not on lead bass. <laughs> yeah. On lead <laughs> on lead drums. Yeah. On lead drums. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. And like that goes back to the whole thing of, I find that like... The, if I'm going to use that term, the lead guitar players that I like mm-hmm. are are all, they're all really good at playing rhythm. It's like that. It's the whole headroom thing. Like, yeah, yeah, you should work on like your your quote unquote solo chops and and all that shit. But like, because you can do all that other stuff, it makes playing rhythm guitar, rhythm guitar. Better and easier, yes. you know, like, right. and man, there's nothing as a drummer, there's nothing I love more than like someone, a guitar player who's like, has a really good understanding of like pocket Oh, and man. feel and feel like it makes it easier. Like when you have a guitar player, that's really good at that and a bass player and a drummer, that's a, like, that's a good rhythm section. Yeah. You know, like that's why me. Ramiro and you or me, Ramiro and Ringer were, yeah, it was just really, really easy to play a thing and just have that thing just and go. You know, yeah. Like when, when, when everyone is good at that and is like, they take pride and enjoy being good at that. You can just sit on that thing forever and no one has to play anything else. That's that's absolutely right because it feels great and it's easy to and you find yourself whittling back parts. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're like, okay, now I can take this out because dude over here is covering that. Right. Like maybe, maybe at first I was playing like on the hi hat, but if if the guitar player or or like 
if the bass player is kind of like ghosting some of those 16th notes in between their notes, well, maybe I'm going to take that away and I'm just going to play eighth notes because yeah. it, it's going to get too cluttered and I don't need to do it because they're keeping that kind of like the pulse, that shaker subdivision thing happening, but maybe yeah. it's hipper on there, you know, like, right. That's why I love like the momentum shifts. I yeah. love that. Like yeah. <clears throat> my big thing is I love the helicopter sound. If I can apply that to anything, I'm going immediately to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and I find something that it will land uh, through the the progression, and I'll hang on it. Yeah. And everybody plays around that part, and usually yeah. that will happen either on the guitar part or the bass part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you just made me think of, you know, that Stevie Nicks song, Edge of Seventeen. Dig it, dig it, dig it. Just like the white wind. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 But like, it's got, I mean, it's got that guitar part like the whole way through yeah. basically. Yeah. And the drums are not do, having to no, they're mess not. with that. The only thing that's weird about that song is the, the, those kick drums, like the hi-hat is playing, and but the kick is like, and Oh, Every, yeah. Everybody thinks it's on beat two and four, but it's not. It's on one and two and four. Oh, so, so it's that, pushing the whole time. It gets really hairy. I think that's how it is. Oh, I think you're right, man. Because yeah. it does. It push. It, it, it gets a- really hairy until like the whole thing kicks in. So everyone's got it. Like if someone has not played that song before, it can be it can be weird. You have to be like, no, no, no. I'm that's not where the time is. That's not where beat one is. It's here. It just <laughs> it you know, feels like it's so. Here. So Jimmy Paxson, who is a drummer in L.A., but he had the Stevie Nicks gig for a long time, and I remember him saying one time, like, that was always the hardest song to play live. He's like, not because it's hard, but because being in an arena full of people and everyone in the crowd starts clapping with the kick drum as if it's two and four. <laughs> He's oh like, boy. so you really had to like mentally focus and keep your wits about you and know where one was no because kidding. the quote unquote common folk, they don't, right. they don't know. And the way they started that song would just be like, just him at the top. Like, but if, if you have no other point of reference, right? Yeah. You're going to start to think like, oh, he's either playing one and three or two and four. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's just clapping, but they're all clapping on and but they don't know that. <laughs> right. You know, like, dude, we ought to That's do a awesome. podcast sometime on deceptive song intros. Yeah. Another one I'm thinking of immediately is what everybody is thinking. I know I, it's I, what you're I thinking. Uh, is it the uh, Eagles? No. Oh. It's, uh, it's Zeppelin. Oh, rock and roll. Yes. Yeah. You, do yeah, you know what that, that, you know what that intro actually, everybody I, thinks it I, starts on beat one. No, it starts. I used to. I used to know this. I still do, but I used to too. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Isn't it beat three? Two. It is one, two, three, and four, and and oh, that's the, f- right. the, the first yeah. accent is on the end of three, so it's one, two, three. Uh, 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 <laughs> but everyone wants to just go one, two, three, four. Yeah, that's not. But that's not what it is. It, it the one is. that throws me that I can't wrap my head around, and even though I know it, I cannot wrap my head around it, is uh, Take It Easy by the Eagles. 
all that, the top. That acoustic part. All that all that shit is da, pushed. Da, 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 but it's all pushed. Da, 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 but it sounds like downbeats. Da, yeah, it does. Da, it is so whack. Da, 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 da. Well, anytime I play that song downtown, da, da. I insist that I count us in. Because I well, first I say, Do you play this right? <laughs> and if, and if, if the guitar, because some some guitar players don't, they just play it as if it's they play downbeat, downbeat, which that's fine too. I don't care. Right. But I say, are, are you going to play this the real way? And if they say, yeah, I'm like, okay, then I'm going to count it in because I can't hear it if I don't establish where one is. I just oh can't. really? I've tried. I've listened to that song just those first four bars or whatever so many times, and I, it's impossible. There's a live version that makes it a little easier because the, you can hear the drummer playing hi hat. Right. On two and four. I don't even think it's an Eagles version. I think it's just Don Henley. Maybe it is Eagle. Either way, you can hear the drummer playing hi-hat on two and four. But yeah, that, that, uh, to not have any point of reference, you know, another one that used to throw me off, but it's only been in the last couple of years that I can hear it properly now. Which one? Is Misty Mountain Hop by Led Zeppelin. I don't know that song. It starts with like, like a, uh, like a Rhodes part. Is it road? Maybe it's like Oregon. I don't remember, but it's like it sounds like one, two, three, four, ba 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 ba. But that's not what it is. Oh, I it's do actually know this song. it's actually one, <clears throat> two, three, ba 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 <laughs> but for the longest time, I heard it wrong, but could play it right, if that makes Holy sense. Like, cow. I could hear the intro incorrectly. I could hear it as downbeats, but I could play the fill properly wrong and come in with it and then just turn it around in my head and then, and then <laughs> what be What you got into? <laughs> yeah. It used to drive me nuts. It wasn't until I, I started running so much, that song would be on my running playlist. And once I knew it was coming up like, okay, I know the next song is missing. My brain would be ready <laughs> to hear it. Like, but for a long time, if I just heard that song and it, I was caught off guard, I could only hear it the wrong way. And it used to drive me nuts. That is so funny. That's kind of like these, uh, uh, these images, uh, these illusion images where you see something <clears throat> spinning one direction and then yeah. you kind of blink or whatever. And you look yeah. back and it's turning and, and now yeah, it's going yeah. the other way. Or like, you know, those pictures where it's like, what do you see like the the duck or like the young oh, yeah. the young girl or the old woman or the, or whatever, or the right. duck or the rabbit right. and you see one and like someone else will see the other and no matter what you do you can't in that moment like you the, can't unsee the thing you see right but if you come back to it a few days later it's all sudden bang oh maybe gosh, then you or or if somebody if the other person that sees the other thing actually will go, like oh, shows yeah, you on the picture out, like, like a feature. no no see this and they trace it then you're like oh now i see it but until somebody does that, like you can only see the thing you see. That is so wild, isn't it? it it's, dude, it's weird. Uh, okay, so my third pet peeve. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. My final one. Okay, is tone. It's my tone. Go f, f yourself. It's my tone. It's my signature. That's my signature tone. Like I'm gonna pick on Bill because he's he's the he's the closest thing I got right now. Because does he listen to this podcast? <laughs> I don't know if he does, but his thing was, you know, we were working on these sounds for him through his Helix or whatever, and he really liked mine, and he went out with it, and it didn't suit him, which is fine. Yeah. Like, 
okay, that's fine. And he's like, it's just not my, it's just not my tone. People are just used to my, I'm, I, immediately when that phrase yeah. came out of his mouth, I was like, no, nope, no, nope. Sorry, buddy. No, yeah. because what you said is exactly what it is. You're, you're practicing and you're rehearsing these things on your own and you're learning these particular parts from what other people played and then you interpret them and then you wind up taking a flavor of that thing you've learned and you then compile it and put it in a different package in something else. And you go, oh, man, that's very – because I've had that happen on sessions with you, with my brother, where yeah. I'll play something on a rezzo or play something on guitar and it has this one little tiny – note that sounds oh that sounds like a mike johnson thing or that sounds like a danny parks thing right or, you know and it's just one note out of many you know yeah but it's those little takeaways and that is your voice right that is what it is and so that's what i've been like stressing you know on to bill is you know you feel like you've you've plateaued in your in a rut because you're playing what you know. All right, we're going to pause this one right here and conclude or end part two of Stitch and Bitch. I told you, it's long-winded. Lots of things that were running through our heads. Uh, we tend to birdwalk a little bit, but, you know, that's just what this is about. All right, so uh, part three will be next on the queue and uh till then it's been good share podcast hey thanks for listening or watching the good share podcast hey ice tell them what they can do well if you're enjoying the show please take a minute and like subscribe comment rate and review and don't forget to ring that bell so you never miss an episode that's right and if you want to know more go to the good share podcast.com say hi tim hi tim hi tim